it's Jess and Maddie. Welcome to this jam-packed chat. In this episode, we are joined by Caitlin Griffey. She is a recording artist and such a sweet soul to be around. Can't wait for y'all to hear more about her and what she does. Hey guys, so today we're here with Caitlin Griffey, my good friend. (laughs) Thanks for coming today, Caitlin. Anytime. Tell us just a little bit about yourself. Hmm, well, I'm 22. I'm married to the dear Benjamin Griffey. (laughs) We both graduated from MOBAP last spring and got married last spring. Um, We um, both worship lead together each week at Red Tree Church in New Melly. I'm, I guess, a singer-songwriter, um, <laughs> and I'm hopefully going to be releasing my first full album um, maybe within the next, like, month or month and a half, she said with high hopes. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long Fingers process. crossed. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Is there anything else? No. I mean, we'll get into some stuff here. Why don't you start out just telling us, when did you even become a musician? What was those first few things? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's kind of an odd process. So I have always kind of been a bit of a musician. I, um, whenever I was younger, like always enjoyed like music time in Sunday school and at school in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I should have brought it with me, but I have a little notebook that I just found the other day where when I was like, I think maybe in like first or third grade where I used to write um, songs, That's so cute. <laughs> but they were not, I would not necessarily consider them songs. They're pretty terrifying. Um, <laughs> there was but, an effort put forth. <laughs> thank you. But I didn't know how to write music. I never read music before because I was in third grade. Um, and hadn't learned any instruments yet. And so um, I wrote them out in solfege, uh, which is kind of a system that people will use to describe different notes in the scale. And so then I would be able to remember the melody. So that's when I would say that I first started songwriting. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So when did you, like, start writing music, like, when you were older? Or was it just kind of like a natural evolution or... Was there, like, a time you remember where you are like, oh, this is, like, actually a song, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, so I I didn't really start writing um, anything that I would ever want to share with anyone um, mm-hmm. by myself until, like, two years ago. Yeah. But I, um, I did co-write with a friend. I learned, um, once I learned a couple of instruments um, and was able to play off of those to figure out like a melody and chord progressions and whatnot. Me and one of my friends that we created a band together in high school, we were kind of, kind of a, a CCM, um, acapella, but also not (laughs) band. I don't know what kind of genre you would put us in, but um, we called ourselves K for Kingdom because Aww. all of our names started with K. We were really cheesy, but <laughs> nice. um, we wrote songs for our band together, but she normally wrote the lyrics and I just wrote the melody and the chord progressions. And so in my mind for years, I was in this mindset of like, I'm like just a, like a music person, mm-hmm. like lyrics are not my thing. Like 
um, I had a lot of like just trouble even like um, in writing and whatnot. And Mm -hmm. um, she was a very metaphorical writer and (laughs) my metaphors were always really out there and like would make sense to me. But to just anyone, like, picking up the song and listening to it, they'd be like, what? So, <laughs> right? So, like, one of them, which was, like, honestly, neither of us really realized anything wrong with it until someone else had brought it up. We'd written a song together, and um, one of the lyrics that we had written, again, this was, like, eight years ago, but it was, throw me an anchor, pull me back in, out from all the lies and out of my sin. Now, we did not think... What would happen if you would throw someone an anchor and they're drowning? Yeah. <laughs> Think that, hmm, yeah, that's not going to help them. That really is not it, folks. <laughs> yep. That's so, um, and I, so I just kept putting, um, pushing lyrics aside to where I just kind of felt like, well, if I can't write as good as her, then I better not try. And so it wasn't until, um, in my junior year of college, honestly, that I started um, songwriting again. And it really was just my way of processing my emotions and Mm -hmm. kind of as a way of like praying to the Lord and having something consistent to remind myself of truth. Um, Mm -hmm. And something that's really cool about writing your own songs is that there are some things that like the Lord can speak directly to you that will speak more powerfully to you than anything else that anyone could tell you. Um, right. I mean, cause it's him. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, like, I just remember feeling that in that moment and like, I would just play that song whenever I like needed to be reminded that like mm-hmm. all that I've ever needed is found in Christ and I will never be able to f- truly find satisfaction and sufficiency in anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, <laughs> so then after that, I, shared that song with a couple of people and they were like, dude, you should record this. And I was like, um, <laughs> this is definitely the first song that I've ever written and felt competent in. No, <laughs> yeah. not here for that. <laughs> right. Especially because recording costs a lot of money. And so mm-hmm. thankfully, um, right around that time, it was right before COVID had first hit. And one of my friends had offered to record my song for free in their home studio. And so I recorded my first single there literally two days before Mobap shut down. Wow. And then, so it was like perfect timing. And so then I had released my first single. And um, around that time, like, again, everyone was first quarantined. Everyone was like super down and thinking like, this is the end times. Like we're never Mm -hmm. getting out of this. Mm -hmm. Like everyone was super lonely. And, um, I had the privilege of going over to my now in-laws house in Clinton and spending a couple of weeks with them during the beginning of COVID. And, um, that was kind of a retreat for me, um, Mm -hmm. from a lot of things, but mainly from myself. Um, and took a lot of that time to just write and experiment Uh, but also like just had felt such a push from the Lord to share truth and encouragement with people, knowing that like not many people are having that filtered through them anymore because they're not Mm -hmm. present in community and they aren't um, like always like present in the word through like 
congregational worship anymore. And it's just like, everything was so different. And I, right. um, the Lord had just given me some things that he wanted me to encourage people with, but mm-hmm. also like had really spoken to me. And so there came my first EP, which, um, then we had recorded at the same studio and, um, yeah, so I had released that July of 2019. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seems so long ago. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. What was like that recording process like as you were getting started? How is that, you know, transition and whatnot? Um, definitely for the first time recording, it was pretty difficult. Um, just kind of trying to figure out what to prioritize. Mm-hmm. And also, like I had written every song with just my vocals and one instrument and didn't think about like what it's like to like add a band into that. Mm-hmm. And um sometimes that's my gifting and sometimes it's really not. <laughs> like it helps to have friends that are creative and can help come out with parts for each instrument for you. Mm -hmm. And so I called a couple of my creative friends to just hang out with us in the studio. And we'd spend like 10 to 15 hours a day in the studio. Granted, like it's during COVID, we had nothing else to do. So might as well. (laughs) Right. So Mm -hmm. it was perfect timing just to be able to experiment with things and figure out um, like how to be able to bring the lyrics to life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was an exciting but very tedious process. We probably spent at least 60 hours recording on the EP. Um, But then I think it got a lot simpler and a lot faster once it came second time around recording my album, especially like working with a lot of professional musicians, like things just went a lot quicker um and coming in with an exact idea of like okay this is exactly what I want from my drummer this is what I want from my electric Mm -hmm. player this is what I want to do with my vocals this is how I want to create harmonies and just having everything down packed before I like even walked into the studio Mm -hmm. and I mean Mm -hmm. it was really gracious of my producer for my album to I mean both of my producers had kind of gotten by the same rule of um I would be paying them per song instead of per hour, but a lot of like other studios, mm-hmm. most likely you're going to be paying per hour that you're in there. And that right. adds up so fast, especially if like per yeah. hour is like a couple hundred dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. And, but you also want to have that freedom to be creative and like just to figure things out together. But mm-hmm. if you walk into a studio and you don't have your crap figured out, like you're just gonna it's be not going well. Money. You're wasting a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and so I'm really thankful that they were so flexible with that because that really allowed us to figure out exactly what we wanted instead of mm-hmm. just settling. And um, but yeah, it's a very long and tedious process. Normally, <laughs> we'd start from we'd actually start with recording what's called scratch tracks, which normally is just me and one instrument. And so basically, the way that I had written them, and then to build the band up, we would use the scratch tracks as an idea of like, okay, this is how the song flows. Like how many choruses do we have? Mm -hmm. Where does it go after verse three or whatever? Um, And knowing exact sequencing um, and tempo. And then normally we build it from the bottom up. So starting with the drums and then bass and then electric parts and acoustic. Mm -hmm. And um, once you have your band built up, you don't normally want to record vocals until you have Mm-hmm. all of those band parts recorded because then say if I I'm going to sing different if it's just me playing with my ukulele mm-hmm. versus me singing with 
a full drum kit and a full band, right, right. like mm-hmm. most likely I will have a lot more power in my voice, sometimes mm-hmm. a lot more of a rougher timbre. Um, whereas like if I'm singing with my ukulele, like I still can sing that way. Sometimes it'll just sound ridiculous. Right. <laughs> this might be a little misplaced. <laughs> right, exactly. And so um, that kind of helps you set the tone for your main vocal tracks. And then um, I recorded my own harmonies for my album. For my EP, I had a couple of friends record those. Um, but for my album, I thought it could be kind of cool to record my own just for ease of the process, but also like my voice is the one voice that will mesh best with my voice because right. it's my voice. That makes sense. <laughs> right? And so um, like hopefully people aren't going to be able to like specifically tell like, hey, she's just singing with herself. <laughs> yeah. But it definitely helps for consistency's sake. Mm-hmm. And so sure. that's the process at least of recording. Mm-hmm. So you have an EP that's already out and your album's coming out soon. So what was the inspiration behind your album? So my album is a lot of things. So if I could put it in one sentence, the way that I've been trying to describe it is that it's about the process of understanding who we are and who we are made to be because of grace. It brings light to a lot of the reality of life, which like, Whenever we're walking with Christ, it is messy most of the time. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've had a little too high of expectations for myself and a lot of my walk with God and wanting to keep myself together for appearances sake and for my parents and for other people. And um, that tends to infiltrate into how we treat ourselves when we make mistakes. Um, And so a lot of my testimony one way or another is really centered around the effects of shame in my life and that suppression of the freedom to fail. And so this created like so many different patterns of sin and seasons of loneliness, inner turmoil and doubt that I could ever be fully understood and loved by the grace of God because of my faults. Um, But when we choose to live in the freedom of the grace that the Lord continually offers us, it gives us such a fresh perspective Mm -hmm. in seeing that our mistakes our chances for Christ's power to be revealed in our weakness. But with life being, quote unquote, a process, there's (laughs) never a true resolution to any struggle or pain that we face. And the album highlights the depth of that longing and that sorrow. And so with that, I intentionally left the message of the album kind of unresolved and without a complete answer, knowing that we may never know why we go through what we do but that we can have confidence that our God has given us just little bits of hope and joy to hold on to, and that the truth of the gospel will never change, regardless of how often our world is changing and our circumstances are changing Mm -hmm. and our heart is changing. And so, um, yeah. Okay. And in case for anyone that doesn't know, the name of her album is... The Process. The Process. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Um, with that, what has just been one of your biggest challenges of what you do, if that's been in life or making the album or music in general? What would you say first thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably. It's really ironic because it's both my biggest challenge and one of the favorite things about writing music and sharing mm-hmm. music is being vulnerable 
to an audience, especially mm-hmm. whenever like you put your music out there, you're being vulnerable to whoever wants to listen. Right. Um, and so my songs are very personal and I write mostly with the intent of my own emotional processing at first. Um, Cause most of my songs are just my prayers to the Lord, but right. it's also one of the most rewarding things about songwriting um, to have that avenue to share your story and bring light to something else that someone might be going mm-hmm. through. Um, and I think that's something that's so beautiful about like just Christian community and how the Lord has created us um, to like understand each other, even if we never can fully absolutely experience exactly what everyone else has. Like Mm -hmm. everyone has a lot of similarities, but it's interesting how almost everyone in some way or another feels alone in what they experience. And I think that, um, sharing music and sharing my testimony in this way uh, can bring light to some things that people are afraid to talk about, that people are afraid to share about. um, And just to also allow people to feel less alone in the way that they struggle, Mm -hmm. but also to know that like, it's okay. And that like, we don't have to have it all together. And, but also that we don't have to hide or be afraid of our sin because that only makes it worse. (laughs) And um, that there's so much freedom in bringing things into the light and finding accountability. I know um, in a season of my life a couple of years ago, I um, just was intentionally pursued in accountability. And like whenever I had first brought like some of my like deepest sins into the light that had been going on for years and years and years, and then finding other people that understood that pain and understood like where my heart was at and was willing to hold me accountable to my sin and walk with me out of it. I had never experienced such a freedom in God's grace than I had throughout that process. And, um, and so I just hope that like my songwriting and this album especially is an encouragement just to people to recognize the messiness of their own lives mm-hmm. and to be willing to walk with others and bring that into the light right. with each other mm-hmm. um, so that when we're struggling with similar things, they know that they're not alone, but also that there's so much more freedom in Christ than trying to figure it out on our own. This is true. Yeah. So what overall, you know, as we've gotten to learn about all this, the process of all of this and how you go about it and what you do it for, uh, this is probably a tricky question, but like, what's your favorite part of that? Or one part that you really love? Um, I'd say like definitely still one of the biggest ones is like being able to share my story with other people because it's so rewarding having those conversations after of like, Hey, like I've been struggling with this for so many years. And the fact that you were willing to talk about it, like makes me feel free enough to get help and to feel like I'm not crazy. Right. Um, and um, so just that rewardingness of like recognizing that we're all broken and we're all just trying to hide it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, it's really exposing, but it's also so healing whenever mm-hmm. we see each other through our brokenness. But as we do that, we see Christ's love so much more than anything else. And it's beautiful. And so that's probably one of them, but also um, definitely creating music with friends is one of the most mm-hmm. life giving things, especially like, when you have friends that are like just really know themselves well, but also really know their instruments well mm-hmm. and are very mm-hmm. versatile 
it just, oh, it's so yeah. rewarding. <laughs> so uh, before we go today, why don't you tell everybody, you know, where they can keep up with you or nice. where they can find your music, what all of your different music is called, you know, titles, well, stuff like that. <laughs> thanks for asking. So um, I have both Instagram and Facebook. You could find me at, um, my Instagram is Griffey underscore Bop. And my <laughs> Facebook is just Caitlin Griffey. Um, if you're looking for my website, that's for sure where you'll find every link to just about everything. And it's at the letter K Griffey music dot company dot site. Um, and that's where you'll find most recent updates besides my social media. Um, but hopefully, you know, the next couple of months, whenever my album is released, it'll be released under the name Caitlin Griffey. So if you search up the process, um, Caitlin Griffey on Spotify, Apple Music, technically mm-hmm. TikTok, um, and <laughs> technically like, <laughs> YouTube, like literally anywhere you, where you would normally find music, it will be there. Um, you can find my EP that is released under my maiden name because I was not married when I released it. And that will be under the name Caitlin Freeze. And the EP is called All Things New. Yeah, so give that one a listen. It is a great it's song. so good. Yes. And her upcoming album, I've heard the songs on it, and they're so awesome and catchy and beautiful. And I cannot wait to be listening <laughs> to it on repeat. We would be able to, like, post something when it comes out. So let us know, Thank and you. then we'll be able to throw you something up. You guys can all <laughs> so find sweet. it. That'd be really Thank cool. Well, thanks for joining us today, Caitlin. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much to everyone that has joined us today for this jam-packed chat. And thank you for listening to all of these bonus episodes throughout Season 1. It has been so sweet talking with Kaylin today and hearing about her love of music and all the ways she has grown musically. Join us this coming Wednesday for our Season 1 finale.